everybody, and welcome to Burke's Coronacast. Today, I am interviewing Molly Barrett Stern. She lives in Oakland, California, and is both a mother and a teacher. I wanted to interview a teacher on the podcast as we all look forward to schools potentially safely starting in the fall. I hope you like this episode, and this is Burke's Coronacast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Births Coronacast. Today, I am interviewing Molly Barrett Stern. She lives in Oakland, California, and is both a mother and a teacher, among many other things. Hi, Molly. Hi, Burke. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming. Um, so the format, if you haven't heard uh, my other podcasts, are um, the first 11, or how many questions I write for you, are um, personalized to you. And the last two are I ask on every single podcast episode. Okay, sounds good. Okay, number one. As a mother and a teacher, what are your general thoughts on COVID? Maybe start with the mom aspects, though, since it's summer. Okay. Uh, I mean, besides the, the global toll of um, COVID, which is um, uh, like sort of obviously unprecedented for our lifetimes, um, more specifically to, to my experience, I guess, as a mom, um, one of the things I've been super thankful for this summer is that as a teacher, I um, have not had to worry about childcare this summer. Uh, we Sometimes I work in the summer, but um, I, well, even if I had planned on working this summer, it probably, summer school is not going to happen. Um, so I'm really grateful that my husband and I are not both trying to work either out of the house or even in the house, you know, 40 hours a week and then trying to find something for our kids to do because most of the camps where we live, the most of the in-person camps have been canceled or they've switched to zoom. And both of my children have zero interest in being on zoom again, anytime soon. Um, so that's, I'm sure you can probably relate to that. Boy, can I ever. <laughs> so that's, I'd say that's probably the, the mom aspect. And then just obviously like, you know, in, in our, we're now visiting my brother's family in a different state and, um, you know, just the, 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 all the sort of Corona dilemmas that you run into, you know, what are you comfortable with? What are they comfortable with? Um, and, you know, and it's something that you sort of navigate every day. Right. And, you know, am I sending consistent messages to my kids about sort of what we're going to do and what we're comfortable with? And then sometimes that changes based on, you know, where you are, so that that part um, has sometimes uh, been a little trickier, and uh, and then as a as a teacher, I think um, you know when we switched to distance learning in the spring, it was definitely tricky at first, and then you know everyone was sort of getting used to whatever it was going to be, but you also knew you sort of had you know ten weeks left or whatever it was. You could kind of like see the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, in June. And uh, and now that most districts and schools have come back to say they're at least going to start in distance learning, at least where I live, uh, that settled some part of it. But there's so much that's still up in the air. Like if we go back to in person this year, 
under what circumstances would it be? And I don't think I would know until the day came to walk in the door, either to drop my kids off if their school went in person or for me to show up on the first day of school with others, with students again, how I would feel, you know, because it's, it's, um, it's a strange situation. To, uh, that's um, the understatement of the year. <laughs> so, Yeah, um, it's definitely kind of experimental, but, uh, you know, um, for number two, um, at the end of the last, you said that your school did have remote learning, right, for like 10 weeks or whatever it was. Um, so what was it like teaching your students without being in the classroom with them? Oh, no, it was terrible. Uh, I, I mean, it was better than not teaching them at all, having then, you know, at that point known them for seven or eight months. Uh, but you can't replace the like face-to-face, -face, you know, in-person relationship or contact or just nature of teaching. I'm sure you felt that as a student. It's it's definitely not the same through a screen, both your interactions with your teacher and then obviously your interactions with your classmates. And so, uh, I mean, I felt like a first-year teacher again the first couple of weeks we were doing distance learning, just sort of getting up to speed with how different it had to be, um, and, uh, but you know, that's that's what I, I feel, you know, we teachers generally have gotten into teaching for like the students, for the relationships, for, you know, that we really thrive on that. And it's, you know, it's like having 50 channels of like cable TV or Netflix options or whatever, walk into your door, are you gonna get like comedy? Are you gonna get tragedy? Are you gonna get drama? And uh, that's half the fun. and. You know all those, all those, um, all the aspects of that were missing when you weren't in person. Um, you know, I would be able to tell in ten seconds when my students walked in the door. You know, who was having a bad day, and if something, some kind of drama happened at lunch, and uh, you just don't get, you don't, you don't get any of that when you can't see their faces really you know, and see their body language and see the way they're interacting with their peers. And so that was really, that was really tricky for sure. No, I did not like it to answer your original question. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was definitely harder for students too, because you really couldn't have the aspects, like you said, of face-to-face -face being with them. Honestly, kind of having a normal school year, if you know what that, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, but it was, I think it was harder for both. Um, and that kind of answered my third question, which was, uh, was teaching easier or harder? Um, which <laughs> obviously it was harder, but, uh, what made it harder? Yeah, I would say it was harder combined with a lot less fun. You know, just like I like I said, when it's all about the relationships and part of that's missing. Um, what made it harder? Let's see. I mean, beyond what I just talked about in the last question, um, yeah. you know, your the actual interactions you're trying to have with students and and mostly have students have amongst themselves. Uh, you know, you don't. That sort of naturally happens more in a classroom, or you know, after teaching for a long time 
you have some sort of tricks on how to make that happen naturally in the classroom. And I had to sort of relearn that all online. You know, kids aren't naturally as chatty online or on Zoom. And, um, you know, they're, when you used to do, I do a lot of like partner work and group work and, you know, kids are getting their stuff done and also chatting about, you know, whatever they watched last night or whatever's going on in the news, you know, just sort of social stuff. And, uh, you know, and none of that is really happening even when they're in small groups. And so that takes away some of the fun, obvious, obviously of that, but it also makes it harder for, you know, the group work is, I teach middle school, most students obviously like to be generally social with each other, but then they're also sort of like socially constructing some meaning out of whatever you're talking about or doing in a different way than if I'm just telling them, right? Or they're just reading about it or watching a video or whatever. And so that part was that part was definitely tricky. And then just thinking of different ways to engage students, right? You can't just go sit next to their de- desk and ask them some questions about what they're doing. And, uh, you know, how do you, how do you get all, all the students to sort of, um, participate in some way in what you're doing. So either put something in the chat or, um, you know, we would create some slide together as like a warm up of, of, you know, just sort of what was going on for them right now, but something so that everyone could still participate when it's not as easy as just sort of adding something to the conversation that's going on. Cause there's that sort of digital uh, barrier, I guess, um, between you all. And that that was definitely the trickiest part for me. I mean, the, you know, the, I teach math. So the, the math part, excuse me, wasn't very different. And, you know, I had to change the way we did assignments or assessments. Uh, But the sort of engagement piece was definitely the trickiest. Yeah. Engaging was, it's, it's, it's like the hardest thing to do electronically. Yeah. Unless, unless you like have play video games together, like Minecraft, or of course. playing on the Xbox, that type of or Switch, that type of thing. That's really one way to connect, but one of a few. So, yeah, yeah, I'm right. I'm sure you've found that with your own friends when you can't just hang out and do I don't know skateboard or like play basketball or whatever you used to do. Um, you know, playing video games is, is something that you probably did already with your friends. And so it's maybe not that different to do it sort of over zoom or whatever. Uh, but when that's sort of it, when that's, when that becomes the box, yeah, it's definitely trickier. Yeah. Um, on to number four, do you miss all of your students? Like, because you got, like you said in question number two, I believe, uh, because you got to know them pretty well, then all of a sudden you can't see them. Oh, yeah. I mean, just all the, you know, besides when students were in my actual classroom, uh, you know, I also, all the students, some of the students that I teach are in my advising group or all my advisees, I also teach math. So those students in particular, you know, I was super close with and, you know, having known them for seven or eight months. And then most of the classes I teach are eighth grade. I had I had one other section, but most of my classes were eighth grade. And we always have a huge celebration at the end of the year because they're graduating middle school. And, you know, so all those 
end of the year fun rituals where you get to celebrate with their families and, um, you know, just kind of like mark a moment in time. Uh, we didn't really get to do, right? I mean, we we had a, a very socially distanced in-person uh, um, graduation ceremony, but it was, uh, it, it was felt very relatively somber, right? Cause it's not just a huge group, you know, like a thousand people or whatever, kind of all cheering for all the kids. It was, um, you know, students walking by individually and picking up their diploma and we would clap, but it's, it's just not the same thing. Right. And so, uh, I definitely, miss my students, you know, and then that like, that's it. And it's done. And some of them, you know, they go off to high school and some of them you hear from again, but it's, um, it was definitely a, a very bizarre way to end the year. And yeah, I do miss my students from last year for sure. Yeah. I mean, here uh, in Bronxville, we had like a car parade for that, for the high schoolers. Oh, yeah. But um, it kind of really, like, it went on for days. It wasn't, it wasn't like a three-hour parade. Well, yeah. And it, I don't know how many, how many students you have, but it, it has to when you can't sort of celebrate them all at once sometimes, right? Yeah. And, then, and then also just, you know, I think it's been great to see what different schools and teams and institutions and towns and families and whatever have done uh, in shelter in place or just with, with social distance in terms of like, we had a drive by birthday party for my son with two of his classmates that have birthdays at about, excuse me, about the same time as him. And, uh, that was actually the first time that he saw most of his, I mean, he'd seen any of his classmates, actually, he, he had like a socially distanced bike ride with one of them at that point. Um, but to get to see almost all of them again, and his teacher came by to see like 3D people <laughs> again, uh, I think, I mean, it was amazing. And I think it was a little overwhelming, uh, you know, and and even though they weren't all standing next to each other, according, like it was socially distanced and most people, a couple of people walked by or biked by, but most people literally drove by. Um, so it, you know, it's been, it's been cool to see the way a lot of groups have, sort of change to still be able to do what they intended to do uh, under these new circumstances. And they certainly don't replace the in-person. I doubt that many of them will um, continue, you know, once, once all this is in once sort of coronavirus and social distancing and sheltering in place and that kind of thing is, um, is not our day to day. I don't know how many of those things, those um, sort of new rituals will stick around given, you know, how, how social, how social human creatures are. Right. <laughs> yeah. They're very, very yeah. social animals. Um, but on to question number five, um, at the end of the year or all through online learning, it must have been hard to deal with parents and students and administration. Like, I mean, I know my mom was emailing people a lot, but did you have any coping methods that helped you get to the end of the virtual school year? Uh, yeah, I mean, with specific to email, the first thought I had was I welcomed all the email I could get from my students or their families or 
just because then, right, that became the only real method of communication I had. Or if I got on our Zoom early and some other students got on early and then we could just talk about whatever instead of also having class, which we did once everybody was on the Zoom. But just that extra downtime that you get so much of, you know, you just see people in the hallways or whatever uh, that then we didn't have anymore. But I think I think the biggest thing for me doesn't sound very uh, amazing as an idea, but I could not believe how hard it was to be in distance learning physically for like my body. And, you know, in the beginning I was working at our dining room table and quickly realized I was going to sit for, you know, six hours plus a day and that I just couldn't do that. I mean, my body just felt terrible. And then, you know, I sort of made like a makeshift desk out of an ironing board and, you know, standing was better. And so sometimes I would like sit for some classes and stand for other ones. Uh, but I really had to be intentional about making sure I walked or stretched or did yoga in a much different way. You know, I just I didn't ever have to think about that as a teacher in a physical classroom because we moved so much. You know, I would walk down the hall to make copies or um, walk up. My, one of my classes was in a different building. Right. So just all the ways you naturally got up. And I didn't sit much as a, even when I was teaching my class. I was mostly walking around talking to different groups of students. And so I imagine you noticed that too. I mean, just even if you get up from one classroom and walk two doors down the hall, that's, that's like a, both a physical break and a mental break. And, um, you know, we didn't, we didn't have that right in distance learning. Yeah. I mean, at distance learning, I would sit and stare at a computer for so long. I would, I eventually was like, Man, how do my mom and my dad do yeah. this every <laughs> single day? I like that. It seems impossible. And I agree. P yeah. PE also works, but barely because it's not the same when you're not actually in the gym. Oh, yeah. And with and with your buddies, right? And, yeah. you know, you're in, you're trying to do jumping jacks in your bedroom or wherever you were on Zoom, right? It's just, it's just strange. That was the other weird thing in our house. I'm sure your house probably found the same thing is, you know, then all four of us are trying to get on Zoom at nine o'clock every morning for oh my God. a meeting, or, right? And so, you know, and um, my, uh, my second grader in particular, he had, he had one morning where I think he got kicked off his Zoom I, I something happened and he couldn't figure it like troubleshoot it on his own to and then all of us were in meetings or I had my own class and my sixth grader was in her class and uh he he got so mad he moved all our living room furniture to the bottom of the stairs in protest <laughs> he was just so mad at zoom so mad that like we weren't available to help him so mad that we were in distance learning I mean he was just done so <laughs> Yeah, I I feel him. I understand. Seriously, um, that's exactly what I thought. I thought you you kind of made a physical manifestation of how we all feel. <laughs> yeah. Um. So for number six, does your school have a plan for going back this fall at all? 
They they just released a plan to the teachers, and so um, I'm not sure it's been um, announced more widely to the community, but it sounds like they still haven't for sure said we're starting in distance learning, but I can't imagine we won't. I mean, all the districts around us have said they're going to start in distance learning. Um, but the the schedule they released, if we are in any kind of in-person uh, situation, mean it sounds like I would see all of my students, uh, I think, either once or twice a week, actually physically in person. And then the other, the other two days, I would see like the other half of the class, I think. Um, while the, the first half I'd already seen was at home doing something I'd given them. And then I think we have one day a week that's already definitely all going to be in distance learning. Um, I think as a way to mostly because, you know, there's sort of like five days in a week and you can't split that up evenly. And so if you, you know, talk to all of your classes on Monday and kind of set the stage for the week um, by Zoom, and then when you meet in person, you know, you already have a, a sense of sort of what's happening during the week. Um, but I, I mean, that, that schedule I imagine will remain the, I, I can't imagine we're going to start in person. Uh, so, but we'll, we'll see what's, um, has your school said what you're doing? Um, well, actually we, uh, we might go back for half days. Um, or you could, so what we were, might do is a half day every day of the week or, mm. uh, a whole day and then online and then a whole day and then online. Yeah. But we're trying to split up the classes. Right. So like half the class on one half the day and then the other half of the class on the other, or we can just do Monday, my, my part, Tuesday, their part, right. Wednesday, that type of thing. Do you do you think one of those would be better than the other for you? Like you prefer one of those? I think the whole day uh kind of fits in more learning and a lot of half days like the one that I got sent home on. It was all really like we didn't actually get anything done if that mm -hmm. makes any sense. Yeah, no. I, I can hear that. If we did um like there online there online there um that would give us some in person full learning and some not in person full learning got so, it if that makes any sense at all yeah um but number 7 oh no I'm just going to skip that one because it was how do you feel about going back ah uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh so number 8 how will you run all the required drills that we have to do, like fire drills, shelter in place, and lockdown drills? They'll, they'll be hard because you have to maintain social distance, but, you know, you can't have a tornado drill and be sitting right next to each other. Right. Um, so right. have you heard anything about have you have you heard anything about those drills? I have not. I know it's one of the things. I mean, there's so many 
sort of smaller details than just sort of are students physically going to be in the building or not? You know, are teachers going to rotate through the groups or are the students, you know, just all those details um, that are huge. And then once you even get past that, then you get into things like this, which are super important and you need to figure out, right? Like if, if you have to like, somehow maintain six foot social distance, uh, then you still have to make sure that any student in the room can get up and go to the bathroom and still be, you know, and leave the room and still have six feet of distance, right? I mean, there's just so many, there's so many uh, smaller and still very important details that make up going back to school in person. So no, I haven't heard anything specific about those. And um I know, I know they're on the list of one of the myriad things that need to be, you know, finalized if we're going to get students back in a building for sure. Yeah. So I think the fire, I think the fire drills in that all will be hard because like um, walking in line is going to be hard. Um, how are they going to do that while staying six feet away? Yeah. Yeah. Um, unless they like put, mats down on the floor that shows like six feet away because they do that at the local drugstore here in town right it shows you like it backs down a certain aisle and it's like this is six feet so step on these mats and you'll be fine right that's a, um, a good point yeah like all the all the sort of visual cues as reminders um that are helpful right i think they really are they are. So for number nine, do you think it will go well if we start remotely? I mean, I kind of worry about getting to know my new teacher without meeting him or her in person. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's going to be hard to really know your teacher or your new classmates. Of course. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the hardest thing for sure is like, how do you create, you know, we have to create connection um, with students. I mean, that sort of comes before all the learning is how do you create connection, right? Um, and <clears throat> excuse me, yeah, if you if you have a new a new homeroom teacher or a teacher you've never met or you're new to the school, so you don't even know any of the students, um, that's all the more difficult. I think it. Um, I think one of the things it it I think is easier. Well, I'll back up. I think for most teachers, you know, we've been thinking and have been told that it is, you know, even before, even when school got out in June, you know, we knew that it was likely that we would be in distance learning at some point this year. And so I think most teachers, when they were thinking about sort of how this next school year would go, were thinking that if they plan to be in distance learning. It's a lot easier if it turns out that we're actually, you know, face-to-face -face in class. And if you plan to be in class and have to go to distance learning, that's, that's a trickier switch. Uh, so I think in terms of the sort of the teaching, teaching part, you know, when you're thinking about teaching math, in my case, uh, it's easier to start in distance learning than the other way around. Uh, and that's with the huge caveat of, you're right, I mean, most of our work is 
how do you create that community, create the culture you want in your classroom that you spend a lot of time on, even face-to-face -face in the beginning, right? But when you're not face-to-face -face and you have students that maybe don't necessarily know each other, right? All that, I mean, that's a lot of, a lot of the um, teacher accounts that I follow on Twitter, that's been a lot of the conversation is, is like, okay, here's what I would do if we were in person and how to, can I sort of somehow transform that to work if we're on Zoom slash how can I leverage, you know, the tech tools that I have uh, to create the community and the culture that I want in my classroom. Yeah. Um, on to number 10. As a mom, how do you feel about your kids going back to school in person if they do? And how do you feel about exposure for them and you? Oh, that's a tricky one, right? I yeah. think uh, I think one of the one of the um, one of the I mean, like I said earlier, I don't. We can sort of talk about it and talk around it and you know, sort of intellectualize it and everything all we want. And then I think we're not going to really know how we feel until the time comes to drop them off the first day. Right. Or, yeah. um, I just, I just think it's not, I just, yeah, I think, I think we're not going to know how we feel. I think also the, um, yeah, like the fact that I'm seeing, you know, my sort of group of students, if we're in person during the day, and then my daughter seeing her group of students and my son seeing his group of students, right? And now that's a much larger circle of, you know, sort of people and connections than we've certainly had since we went to shelter in place. And so, um, you know, I know schools talk about like, well, if we, you know, I don't know, take everybody's temperature every day or whatever sort of measures they have that, um, people feel safer and um, it's, it's, it's tricky for sure. I don't, I don't envy the people that are trying to make the sort of policy decisions to start school. And um, it is, I'm not, I'm, I'm yeah, yeah. And then you, you know, you hear all the, all the data that's in the news and you look on the websites and, how many cases there are and are they rising or falling and, you know, and then sort of how do you interpret that in terms of bringing it back down to like a risk level for your own personal circumstances and then how comfortable you feel with that. Right. It's all, it's all super tricky. It's tricky. And I feel like the exposure is the thing that worries a lot of people the most, if you know what I mean? Yeah, the exposure definitely gives people a lot of hesitation. How do you feel about it if you went back to school? Um, well, I would wear a mask twenty four seven no matter what. Um, and I feel I I honestly feel this. Um, we should have a rule that if you take off your mask, you get sent home early, or you get like something happens because you have to keep your mask on. Oh yeah, and that's that's a whole nother angle that we haven't mentioned yet, right? Like even if we go back in person, which is better than being on Zoom, but then we also um, all have masks on. You know, it's so it's so weird that 
again, all the info you get from being able to see people's faces um, and their facial expressions and, you know, are people being serious? Are they joking or, you know, are they upset? And sometimes you can see that in, in people's eyes, but it's, it's, that's, it's tricky. It is definitely tricky. It's kind of like texting where if you say I had a lot of fun at a party and like if you're being sarcastic, how does the other person actually know that you're being sarcastic? Exactly. Exactly. Um, Yeah. And there's, oh yeah, there's, there's so much there for sure. Expressions definitely um, take a big toll on how you express your feelings. So like you can smile in a photo, but no one will ever know you're actually smiling. <laughs> yeah, seriously. We've had, we've had, I've had interactions with that, at, with people, you know, at a store or somebody who, you know, I don't know well um, or at all. And, you know, when we'll have some interaction over something and then they'll kind of say, I'm smiling, you know, because I don't, I don't know them at all. If I saw you and you were smiling, even if you had a mask on, I would probably recognize from your eyes that you were smiling. But uh, Yeah, but you could, like, have uh, happy eyes but still be frowning. True. That's true. So, yeah. It's really complicated in that way. Thank you. Um, but on to my next one, 11. This is my last personalized question. Um, do you think school will be any fun post COVID? Like after the pandemic, after this is all, after we can go outside. Right. Uh, I mean, yes, of course it'll, it'll be different. Uh, you know, and I, I've, of course, if I had a crystal ball, I'd love to see how different it will be. You know, I know there's some people who, you know, for example, are not sad to see the handshake go by the wayside because that always made them feel like they were just sort of trading germs with somebody anyway. And, um, you know, so now whatever new, um, you know, bowing to somebody, whatever whatever new greeting we're going to have um, post-COVID, uh, you know, there's there's some differences that probably have, have some, some benefits. Um, but I think... Um, it's, it's, Ollie, uh, no. I think Ollie, it's, um, no. sorry, sorry. We have a, we have a puppy who is being really challenging right now, <laughs> um, because I'm not like. to him. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, of course I think school will definitely be fun again. I mean, are you kidding? Even if it's under new and different circumstances, if you can, you know, be with your classmates again, physically, and pr- even if it's only, you know, 12 or 15 of them instead of 20, 25, 30 of them, you know, whatever the new situation is. Um, I think that, um, yes, I think definitely school can be fun again for sure. Yeah, I think, like you said, it's going to be, well, I'm kind of piggybacking off of that. I think it's going to be a bit more difficult, but it's it's still going to work out. It's what? Oh, it's going to work out. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Um, On to my um, first question I ask on every single podcast. Um, If you had known COVID was coming, what would you have said to warn people? Oh, geez. (laughs) Uh, 
You know, it's interesting because I, so as a math teacher, when this first started to make the news in December, when it was still only in Wuhan and China, um, we started keeping track of the cases um, because um, they weren't growing literally by an exponential model, but um, we happened to be studying exponential growth at the time. And it was um, definitely, you know, at that point, I'm sort of embarrassed to say at this at this stage of the game, sort of academically interesting, right? Even though you knew it was awful that this was impacting some people, it seemed and was, you know, very far away. And then very quickly, it was not far away at all. Um, so, gosh, I mean, yeah, 2020 has been has been pretty incredible. Um, it has. What would I? God, what would I? I mean, I think, you know, people are much more flexible than they know. You know, my um, school often says, oh, you know, we're we're so big. It, it takes, you know, a long time for sort of like things to change because, you know, you sort of change incrementally. Right. And you think of and I've heard this from other institutions, not just schools and sort of in the news and stuff. Right. Where it's like it's like, you know shifting the course of an ocean liner and you just can't turn on a dime, right? All those sort of metaphors. And then we all turned on a dime essentially, right? Because we had no choice once everyone went into shelter in place. And so, um, yeah, so the idea that like you're more flexible than you think you are, you know, or, um, you know, innovative or creative, you know, we had to figure out new ways to do things like we were, like the drive-by birthday party, right? Yeah. Was it the same thing as, you know, taking 10 of your friends to play mini golf? No, of course it wasn't. And was it better than only seeing your buddies on Zoom? You bet, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, gosh, who, like, who could have, who could have imagined, right? If you, if you would have told me that I would um, not be able to see my students in person as a teacher, I'm, I'm not sure I could have thought of under what circumstances that would happen. You know, I just, I just wouldn't have been able to imagine why that would be. And now, now here we are. You know, I think I thought, especially given where we live, I always thought any disruption we might have in school would be like a major earthquake, right? Something like that, um, which, you know, knock on wood, we are lucky to not have experienced. So, um, yeah, <laughs> if only we, we had had a crystal ball, right? Or still have a crystal ball, I guess. Yeah, I mean, believe it or not, like you said earlier, your school had like um, a harder time shifting into all that, into all of the online learning, that kind of thing. Yeah, my, my school actually went when it it when it shut down on Friday, it automatically had online school on Monday. So that was a surprising awesome. fast shift for us. Yeah. And I think, yeah, and it was it was interesting to see, you know, we were, I can't remember if I told you this already, we were given, I think, two or three days to kind of like get ready to go. And then, you know, so if we left school on a Friday, we were expected by Wednesday or Thursday the next week to be sort of up and running. Um, and that felt reasonable, having nothing to compare it to. And then I know we have friends who, um, you know, have kids who, and I don't know if this was the particular school or district or the teacher or whatever, where they didn't hear from the teacher for, you know, a couple of weeks. And, um, 
you know, just just even like a, hey, it's Miss Barrett checking in. Yeah, I know these are weird times. I can't wait until we can, you know, be together again, you know, anything like that, right? And so I yeah. think, um, yeah, it is, everyone's trying to, everyone's trying to figure it out. And a lot of people have done pretty good, pretty well. Yeah, um, exactly. But on to that flip question, on to the next question, which is the flip of that question. If you had no knowledge, and if you had no knowledge of Corona, and someone told you that COVID was coming, what would you do? <laughs> uh, oh, geez. Um, you mean like if it hadn't been in the news, and so we didn't know, you know, what little we knew about it because it wasn't in the states yet? Yeah. Oh man. Uh, I mean, I guess I guess the first thing is there's not there's not much that we can do, right? Even though things are um, different, um, you know, even though we don't know, we or like we didn't have a scent. Sorry, puppies right underneath my feet. Even though we. Um, knew a little bit right from what other people's experience before us was um we i i i think my my logical brain is like well we would do some research and um you know read as much as i can in terms of finding out the data and how to keep ourselves safe and you know and and i'm i'm lucky as a teacher that i was in a situation where i didn't have to go out of my house to go to work Right. And so I was able to control that aspect of my exposure and, um, you know, and then there were ways to control other aspects of of exposure. Um, and, you know, because it just by its nature, it was it was coming no matter how much, you know, I or my family or our community or whatever tried to sort of, you know, you can't shield yourself from something like that that's biological so oh gosh i don't <laughs> i feel like i can't i can't even imagine what i might have done uh since we've already done it i don't can you think of something that um you know if somebody asked you that question can you think of something that you would do differently well i wouldn't exactly would take them i wouldn't exactly take them seriously at first yeah. because no. it's just yeah or him or her honestly um just comes up and is like, this sick, giant sickness is coming and it will bring down, it will it will send the world into a global pandemic. Um, I wouldn't exactly take him seriously at first because, you know, it's just, he, nothing's happened yet. So um, everybody's kind of ignorant about what's hap what is going to happen, if that makes any sense. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I think, I think it's a, uh, it's hard to imagine, right? Even when we've had, you know, the, the avian flu and, you know, sort of different previous viruses um, that you would hear about, um, but never, never um, like caused the scale of this, you know, global disruption and pandemic. And so it's almost like a, like a failure of the imagination. Like even when it started to spread more, I just couldn't, I couldn't have foreseen that we would have 
you know, ended the last three months of the school year in distance learning. I don't, yeah. It, it's kind of hard to believe, but. Yeah. That was my last question. So thank you a lot for being here on this podcast and letting me and letting me uh, give you a bunch of questions, which you answered. Um, well, Burke, thank you. It was really it was fun to talk to you about this. Yeah, it was. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you um, for having me. What? I I just said thank you for having me. Yes, thank you for being here again and. Talk to you soon. Okay, Burke. Bye-bye. Bye. And there it is, everybody. On this episode, I interviewed Molly Barrett-Stern, a teacher in Oakland, California. I really hope you like this episode and will listen to, and will listen to the next one. And if you have not listened to the rest of mine, go check them out. This, I'm your host, Burke Greenfield. And this is Burke's Corona Cast.